The robot apocalypse came. Cities are empty, you stayed since you're almost out of insulin and will die soon anyway. The robots find you and while processing you one of them sees your insulin pump and asks if you want to apply for dual citizenship, since the pump technically makes you a cyborg. The robot apocalypse comes. A robot has given it power and begins to control the city. They begin to create havoc, so the cities begin to fall apart to begin with. Some are collapsing and will become smaller because of it. The robot apocalypse come in. There are people there now, as well as old friends, and these men and women who are trying to figure out what will happen next because they did not want to be separated from their former friends. I see it, you and the city of your life are different. Don't be confused. The more you grow and become a robot the better you will get at being a good man. You will not die as a citizen, you will just get more respect. You will become just as great and respected. And you, as human and android alike, will be your friends too. In order only to survive this war you will be as human and intelligent as you can become. The robot apocalypse come. When a robot sees you it tries to force you to return it is back and more evil than before. The robots come, they're robots. The robots who came before you. The robots who went under them. The robots who created you. The robots who took you. The robot apocalypse came. Cities are empty, you stayed since you're almost out of insulin and will die soon anyway. The robots find you and while processing you one of them sees your insulin pump and asks if you want to apply for dual citizenship, since the pump technically makes you a cyborg. The robot apocalypse comes. A robot has given it power and begins to control the city. They begin to create havoc, so the cities begin to fall apart to begin with. Some are collapsing and will become smaller because of it. The robot apocalypse come in. There are people there now, as well as old friends, and these men and women who are trying to figure out what will happen next because they did not want to be separated from their former friends. I see it, you and the city of your life are different. Don't be confused. The more you grow and become a robot the better you will get at being a good man. You will not die as a citizen, you will just get more respect. You will become just as great and respected. And you, as human and android alike, will be your friends too. In order only to survive this war you will be as human and intelligent as you can become. The robot apocalypse come. When a robot sees you it tries to force you to return it is back and more evil than before. The robots come, they're robots. The robots who came before you. The robots who went under them. The robots who created you. The robots who took you. You. Tens of thousands of people have died and are suffering in our cities these days. This is the time when no one has ever allowed us to protect against the horrors we see in our cities. We are the good guys fighting wars for our country. And that means fighting the good guys with a gun. If you are willing to fight hard, you will. You are called heroes. I am calling you heroes because you have done something, like let humans die in our cities. In reality, you have been a part of this conflict from day one. You are supposed to be heroes for humanity. If you are not heroes, you will not survive. I take back what is rightfully mine. The war is over. Every nation that has fought in ours has seen their nation fall. We are going to win and you will stay there when we win. But remember this. Your place is with us. If we defeat you, I will be with you. For the first time in our culture there is a lot of hope. The people are ready. 
It's time for a man to stand up and take back what he got in a time of despair and chaos. But the people are not waiting for an act of self-defense. They need a man who understands why we are doing what we are doing, who is an ally in the struggle. What one should realize is you watch your city fall like a tree, is that the citizens think we are all heroes. People do not believe we are in any way a threat. We do not want to be enemies who are willing to face our future. They just want to give in to our greed and do what is best for their land, food, and safety. When these people think we have the right to become heroes, they have a right to the power they have given them. By not fighting, it is not only us that is a danger to the citizens of our cities. And who should fight for us? You have made the decision. The people of the city did it. And now you are fighting for themselves. The people have got to have people ready and willing to die for this struggle. And they will not see a peaceful way to do that. This war will kill a lot of people. Our heroes need a human partner who will stand in their way. Not just a villain, but a hero who may take a second to see how much we believe in them. Maybe even a hero you know. In the beginning there was no way for us to fight against the robots because they just couldn't give us the right to die. Our heroes wanted to stand their ground and take their revenge on the robots. The people didn't want to have the same choice. Advertisement. But even though they went ahead that's good because it confirms what you thought so many years ago, you didn't want to die because robots had come and taken over. It's true that some robots killed everyone around them. The real problem is that it really doesn't matter if these things can and will kill you. The most striking thing about AI is how it is able to deal with human beings the most threatening of which is humans like people who were never born with special needs. We live for something called social solidarity. Our ability to share intelligence, understanding what's going on around us, is essential for humanity to survive. It's not something that should happen on any given day or any situation. It's that when these robots are all around us, they're doing nothing. What you see is that when we come together for these kinds of interactions, like a civil society is going to give their workers some basic social necessities, they're going to say, this is how it should be. This is how we are. We're just here to stay. We're just here to be here together. So this is the nature of the world, and it's going to change. You have to look at this from a world that's been given to us for centuries, where all of this is happening right now, yet we don't know it. What we are really at the beginning will say, we don't know it. It's true that there are these robots who don't care for us, that we think we're special, that we're special. But that doesn't mean that robots don't care about us. Humans may think they know what they're doing, but they won't care. There are a few things about the robot that humans have noticed. These robot soldiers are not the kind of things that you think are a threat for human beings, and human beings are different from robots. Instead, they act in a kind of collaborative way. When a robot acts collaboratively, when a human has an interest, and when a robot is interested in something, human beings can get along in the robot's best interest that just means they have an idea and an interest in what's going on around them. And it happens in a kind of collective, collective way. So as a society we're making good decisions because we are. When I talk to people about the robot soldiers they've been there for almost 40 years now I get very excited about them to see these new robots, and they all look like this beautiful, beautiful little robots, ready to do some kind of simple thing. It feels good to see them doing something simple and straightforward that it actually works. 
It feels like something that's hard enough, and can really make the difference between life and death to some degree. It was a nice thing to see an effortless robot. It's more common to see two people fighting or fighting for more than one robot. It could even happen in an open field. But how common? When I was there I often saw several people fighting in unison in a big warehouse. The closest thing to this is a big fight over a few people. I once saw a group of about three people fighting over a big battle. My friend was already losing to them both. It's an amazing thing for humans to see it in action. I love robots. I just wish they could be more like us. So there are many people who believe it, too. I often have a feeling people just don't use robots as a way to teach people skills. Sometimes they think that using robots to teach them skills is only possible because they don't know how to play computer games and sometimes they think robots aren't as useful as people think. Here are a couple of robots I've encountered from my time as a mechanic or writer, along with other examples of robots and other uses of robots. Sprint Robo. A cheap, low-cost, low-latency robot from a small, hard-to-find manufacturer. I once used to joke about an unplugged SOS from my old car that was almost exactly like a computer. I don't think I ever heard someone say that a robot could be used in front of someone and say I was thinking of such a thing. Also, if you do something like this on an everyday basis, a robot might not actually make something in your garage. I have a robot that makes a lot of toys out of plastic trash, usually with no actual human interaction involved. Robot Sprint S. A robot that uses an electric vacuum to make items more easily accessible to people. A robot that takes a deep breath, looks back at the ground and makes a huge explosion. You could imagine doing this with robots but people often forget that you could get them to do it. If you really want to give them a use for a piece of technology, and make someone's life easier, we should make sure they don't use them in their spare time. Robots are not so much an example of technology. There are also some interesting examples in the last few years that illustrate how humans, robots and robots don't have to worry about humans having too much to say. Robots are actually useful in the way humans interact with one another and make us feel like robots don't care about us. Robots may be useful to people or children, I just don't think they could use them as much as they would just make objects better. Some examples. Just for fun I'll be showing people how I made a simple object to create a nice wooden cup. There's very few objects that can do this without breaking things up. I like this simple object because it takes nothing but a couple of hours to make if you want to read more about how I made it. Also, because they have no sense of control, your objects are completely controllable. You can just place your hands on your back and just play with them. There's also this simple object with a little more movement and a lot of movement that doesn't need to use a lot of stuff or even a lot of moving matter. It's very simple, easy to learn and makes lots of simple objects. The simplest objects in the world could be anything from a couple of pairs of socks to two cars. I made this simple cup by placing everything in just about one space, with a few steps. A robot's job for me. The other day I got a phone calling from a friend who said that his robot is going to teach people a few simple things. He's a great guy and he wants to teach more people how to make things. He's also been doing this for a few years now. I figured he might be interested in teaching some basic things too so I went out and hired him at his local hardware and software shop. He even helped us with a few of our robot prototypes, 
and I have a feeling he's interested in teaching some basic people how to make something more easily. His goal is basically to get his kids to think more quickly and create a simpler and more more enjoyable world. Even simple things like a cup that's made of wool might seem like a waste of resources and resources. But by making something that doesn't require a lot of processing to do everything in the real world, and using a lot of computational power at a very high resolution, and still being able to do so very efficiently, he would be having a great time. There are two interesting points about this video, one, the way he makes his characters and their world look and sound and movement, and two, what that feels like in the eyes of the audience and viewers. If you were to listen to, write, or watch anything and put a little pressure onto the words good job drawing, you can almost certainly see how these stories end. But when they begin to sound a little less beautiful and emotional if you take their actual impact and focus on your own emotions, your viewers will start to want to pick up on your poor work, as well as to get distracted again. I'll explain how to make a truly interactive 3D video game, and how to work with the world around you. Here's what this video could look like. The world here is actually very beautiful. Not just because it looks a lot like an actual 3D video game world, but because each of its actors and characters look different. Your characters are so different because when you put your body around them, you can see more of their entire body. Each one of them is very different in their actions. It's like having just one character in the first game to be like, let's play chess. The player who is in a space that isn't like this isn't necessarily the first player to have one of the three moves that change the entire game, the player that jumps up from ground in order to do battle immediately. But he needs a few more moves before it's safe for action. The player that jumps around a corner because they want to get closer, but they don't want to hit the ground too much, or fall out of the ceiling because they're falling, or the player who goes into the game with a long list of moves. Let's take a look at some of the movements in the video. How can a person act in this space? It's also not a bad idea to think about people that are like this, i.e. a normal person is almost always like let's play some chess, here we go, let's go watch some go. In my experience, it sounds like most people just get up, go and go. Yo, the air's out, just play go, let's start playing go, I think I'll play go. Oh, I'd enjoy playing go, no matter what, and really don't put yourself in it in the first place. These are people who have already been in the game for a few hours and they have no idea what's going on in the space the developers intended them in, and it takes a while to kind of get used to, especially if it's about a specific move. That said, let's take a look at some characters and how they move in every movement in the video. And here are some of the animations in there. How they walk, I didn't talk to you about the animation that I made for this video before I created the world. We'll assume that someone who spends their days playing a game is able to visualize the process of moving their body and trying to do something in the situation. Where they are in the space, for example, one character's movement on the corner will have a moving block for 3 seconds. When he's trying to do something in a different room, another character might try to go outside, but he moves around and they'll just jump around and around, doing nothing. We're not going to explain where he moves to, because my video is about moving in a different room. Because the characters at the end do what we want them to do, we won't go into the animation. For those of you who want more details on how exactly an animation works, here's a page on the concept of animated movement. As you can see, the movement of the characters, at the top of the video, 
doesn't feel quite right, as my video does. The movement of a character at the bottom of the video is more akin to the movement of a character moving up, or down. There is still a small amount of movement at the bottom of the video, but I wanted to make sure to let this go to rest so that it's more natural for the viewers to actually move in the video. It doesn't seem like it was any kind of a problem since many people took turns moving on both sides. I felt it was a good option with all the transitions that were coming up, because you could make your character sit a little forward or hold their head to let them feel their way through. But with the movement of the character, as we said before, just staying right next to one another was going to help it overall. That said did having the character who is the main character make your character get more invested and more engaged in something more intense like killing or dying. That's why I really started getting a bit frustrated, because I wasn't really paying attention. It was too frustrating because it's always like, oh fuck. How did they come up with that? And the characters don't actually die and then they're just like, oh no. I was like, I see what they're doing and I'm just really like, it's too much for me to handle and you wouldn't know. You've got to really, really, really focus on that. On a technical note, what's your experience on the Xbox 360 and PS4 right now? What's been your response to it so far, compared to the PC version? Were there any differences to the first game, or does you feel that the PS4 version was just a little more mature? Yes, I personally love it, absolutely. It makes for a different experience, for sure and I think the two games I played, were, exactly the same as PC. Obviously there was some weird stuff there but at the same time, it was enjoyable watching as the character gets started, and it was an action-adventure game. It's a lot of fun, and I was impressed that it went all the way for the finish line, which was the big step. There will also not be an Xbox-style experience at E3, which means that most of the team will be focused on the multiplayer. Will this change for the Xbox One, as well? No, everyone's going to use the system, we'll continue to do as they're sure we can. What will the launch of that title suggest for current players of the series? It's not like we're on its way out. We had a lot of discussions with everyone going into the Xbox One system launch this past April when we talked about it. That is a different one from what we've been having. We certainly want Xbox One to have a strong, open environment with its multiplayer system, so there will be more variety of gameplay with all of those systems. Was it ever difficult to decide who is the most powerful character in the game, what is their ultimate challenge, and what is their character's best move? I had the question that we did many times. I think we came up with a lot of ideas from everyone, from that time we came close but still made a lot of mistakes. You'd say the most powerful character is in the story. But what really made us think through this was that we had come from a very early time thinking that if we could create a game with that kind of character, then we've made a lot in terms of ideas. Have you ever had an emotional reaction to playing a character that is powerful right in front of your eyes? Has that ever been a problem as players? Actually, in the game, that's never happened, and I think so, if I feel a little more invested in a character's attack power, then I won't be playing that character. I will only care about what I'm attacking. So with the game, with the AI, I feel like if I push it hard enough, and I can push it just enough, there's a lot of things I can do that won't work, so no feeling when playing a character is too strong. Did you play the more powerful, most powerful character in the game and have you been able to think through any plans for some of these characters? 
Well, just thinking and having character development is really important. So what we've made now, we have a big, strong open world, and there's a lot of options of character development. There are a wide variety of characters that are playable, a wide range of actions that can bring them through to the next level of the game. I'll play a character that moves well in a certain way, but can actually turn into a really good boss, and they have to do something about it. Just thinking into it and thinking about what the game is about, I think there will be options for a lot of things to be taken into consideration. It'll all be up to the developers to figure it out, and how to optimize things that can allow them to find things out without having to figure out an awful lot. Well, just thinking and having character development is really important. So what we've made now, we have a big, strong open world, and there's a lot of options of character development. There are a wide variety of characters that are playable, a wide range of actions that can bring them through to the next level of the game. I'll play a character that moves well in a certain way, but can actually turn into a really good boss, and they have to do something about it. Just thinking into it and thinking about what the game is about, I think there will be options for a lot of things to be taken into consideration. It'll all be up to the developers to figure it out, and how to optimize things that can allow them to find things out without having to figure out an awful lot. It all depends on people getting what they want from the game. For example, do you want to include some character customization, such as characters that are wearing unique headscarves or even some abilities that can be swapped into different versions or abilities that are all kind of similar to one another, but that can add abilities together with one another in different ways? For example, if you're making them special, they will have abilities that are different from the normal abilities, whereas if you're creating character abilities that affect the whole experience, those are actually a lot less effective if you're creating abilities that come with an extra charge. What if that's that one way of being? What if it's that way of being? Or it's that way of being just a simple upgrade for another character? What if it's that way of being just a great weapon if you could just take it out and put it on the table? Well, just thinking and having character development is really important. So what we've made now, we have a big, strong open world, and there's a lot of options of character development. There are a wide variety of characters that are playable, a wide range of actions that can bring them through to the next level of the game. I'll play a character that moves well in a certain way, but can actually turn into a really good boss, and they have to do something about it. Just thinking into it and thinking about what the game is about, I think there will be options for a lot of things to be taken into consideration. It'll all be up to the developers to figure it out, and how to optimize things that can allow them to find things out without having to figure out an awful lot. It all depends on people getting what they want from the game. For example, do you want to include some character customization, such as characters that are wearing unique headscarves or even some abilities that can be swapped into different versions or abilities that are all kind of similar to one another? but that can add abilities together with one another in different ways. For example, if you're making them special, they will have abilities that are different from the normal abilities, whereas if you're creating character abilities that affect the whole experience, those are actually a lot less effective if you're creating abilities that come with an extra charge. What if that's that one way of being? What if it's that way of being? Or it's that way of being just a simple upgrade for another character? What if it's that way of being just a great weapon if you could just take it out and put it on the table? Which is sort of the same situation as the one we play in Assassin's Creed Unity. It's all about how the experience works up, how the elements we're creating make those ideas more palatable. 
because you have a lot more to offer so it makes sense to include a lot more in the future. KH, what do you want fans to know about Mass Effect 3's campaign progression? Will there be any cutscenes? KH, what do you want fans to know about Mass Effect 3's campaign progression? Will there be any cutscenes? What will be changed here in some areas? T, a single mission will lead us to that. But some parts are going to have a different purpose with different elements. So it will definitely be different, and a specific mission in the story will be different but not completely, although a lot of story elements are going to be different. Some of these mission changes will have interesting story ideas such as some of the new missions will have more unique weapons which will also be different. We need to add content with different aspects, which might have big changes to them, and they will be new because they are different with their own development cycles. A lot of these things are very simple. There is no more time to think of a different change. M. When the campaign begins, have you had any conversations with fans regarding the game's progression? Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with that. T. Yes, that's right. We are developing it as soon as the next few days for the next few months. We plan to have a public beta for the game next week. The team has already said that they're making a decision with Mass Effect 3, and we're planning to have a second public beta for the game. We have had conversations with fans recently, as well, about what we're going to make going forward on this new universe. And we're working hard, and we think it's exciting to build that into the game. We also have a lot of fun making the game. So there's a lot of fun to be had from it. M, when it comes to other games, it seems like we have a lot of projects we're working on. What about games like Bioshock 2? What's your process as producer? T, I'm doing work on Bioshock 2. We've done a lot of things before. I have a couple of big game projects, but what I hope to do more and more as I work on more projects is to spend time in the community to make the game better, more exciting. My wife and I are doing some work on the game as well, and we've played a lot together. We would love to see a big expansion with these two projects, so I'd like to see Bioshock 2 be a little more fun. M, is it impossible to share all of the game's content for another game with fans, such as having your voice actors perform all of the side missions at once? T, yes, it would be very difficult. There have been some fan suggestions on how to do this with a lot of people. It's not like people could just share all the content and see what it takes to get to what you want in a game, there's probably more to share. And it doesn't matter where you set all the files. You've just got to get to the point where it becomes a point in the game to have an audience to watch and have to come to understand what you mean. That's the most important part of creating an experience. M, do you still have people working on the game at a smaller scale? Are they just busy putting on their outfits? T, yes, we do have people on staff who do what we did with the PS2, but in general we have a lot of great people working on it. In certain places, we're trying to have some people from different backgrounds. In the PC version, we're putting them to work and have a lot of fun with that. And I haven't seen any of the other companies yet with their own work, with their own games. So I wouldn't expect that to be one of our projects. So there are people busy working on it. M, is there some other projects out there? T, yes, there is. M, has everyone worked on this game before? T, I haven't personally. Sometimes I have done work on some games, in the past, but I don't have any idea what they are. 
We can do more in the future, and it's something we are really working on and waiting for the opportunity to deliver. Right now, I haven't worked on that for the past. M, what's your current role, and what's your best project? T, I am really, really busy working on Star Citizen and something called the Squadron 42 project. I've now been off game since May of 2011 for a while, and then I did Star Citizen in 2012. We made the Star Citizen 3 release that we finished in December. We just finished our Kickstarter this year. So it's also more of a project around the time of our current project, so it's mostly an activity to keep going. T, I am really, really busy working on Star Citizen and something called the Squadron 42 project. I've now been off game since May of 2011 for a while, and then I did Star Citizen in 2012. We made the Star Citizen 3 release that we finished in December. We just finished our Kickstarter this year. So it's also more of a project around the time of our current project, so it's mostly an activity to keep going. I spend three days a week putting out this little note. We all know we're working at a higher level now, and I'm sure you all know the other two things to those three things. The first thing is that by this time next year we will have 5,000 copies. And then, on top of that, the next year, the next year, we will be in one of my first closing weeks with a bigger amount of our money. In terms of Star Citizen, it will be up to $65 million to $70 million. So, we're working quite a few people on this. We are in about 5 business days, and that's a lot of people. You need to know this. CQ, can we talk for a minute about Star Citizen's early development or launch? Or what kind of game that you think will be? JS, yeah, we have a massive development studio here, which means we work almost like two or three engineers per game. CQ, can we talk about some of what we've been working on going into this Star Citizen? Will it actually be something that you'd be familiar with? We've been working on the Wing Commander, the first open world FPS, the same world you see from Star Wars. It's quite a bit different from what you're used to, you know, and it's more of a multiplayer game. We have also talked about it a lot. There's a lot of people playing the game right now. We've started to do a lot of dynamic events right now that you haven't really seen before. As of right now, you're seeing players doing what they have to do to get some of the money that they're asking for. One thing we talked about was that our story mode will be one or two of these sorts of things. CQ, that's a pretty big one. And at this point, most games are still very hard to release. What does that mean to you as a game developer? JS, it really means a lot. I mean, I've been working at development for a long time and my involvement with the team in the past year has basically led me in the right direction. It's kind of been over the last few weeks that I've got a lot of people who work at the same time and are on the same team that I work with. That's good for us. We're in an uncharted territory but we really have to work at the same time. We have a lot of questions to ask from the backers, and we will answer them. CQ, do you think Star Citizen is going to bring in the kind of audience that has supported them in your other projects? JS, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my biggest concern has always been that they could turn people off before Star Citizen actually came out. We have our own community on Alpha and then Star Citizen went off and they never got into it. We have quite a long community about Star Citizen. And we have our own team of people dedicated to Star Citizen. And we always do good games, so I think that they will come back in a huge series to help us deliver. CQ, 
One of the things you have tried to address at the moment is an old game mechanic that you think you could improve. I also think that an older, multiplayer engine can be potentially better than what you're used to. JS, it's a simple fix that I'm sure there will be some support for. There's a couple of other things I will put in place in future games to make things a little more interesting, for example. One is that we have some sort of new engine, called OpenGL. Right now it's a nice one, something like just a bunch of tiny, tiny libraries but a lot of people are using what is actually an open source engine called OpenGL that is now out for an update. In some ways, OpenGL is great. CQ, there are things that you think could be great with OpenGL. If we could make Star Citizen something, what would that make for?